So y'all know how we've been getting down lately on Facts Over Acts. We always, we got to warm up into the show because we don't just want to start talking sports cold out of nowhere. So we, there was the, uh, the 60 minutes uh, segment called the, the uh, great resignation was talking about uh, why employers are finding difficulties hiring folks and all that. And, and so I wanted to get into today, what, are some of the wildest things uh, that y'all have seen happen in your places of work as far as like workers conduct like it doesn't have to be because I know Josh I know somebody crashed into your old job right yeah like they crashed into it with a car right yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like something as far as worker or employer conduct that you were just like yo what that, that just you know really right. blew it. who take it is first um, I mean, I, I, you go I, it, it I, I go, me. I go. So look, this is actually, um, this is actually at the job that I just left. You know what? I don't really care about saying about the job. I signed the NDA for that job, but I'm not at that job no more. So I'm ready to talk about it. Um, so basically the job was we operating cars. We, we had two monitors. We operating cars on the left monitor on the right monitor is supposed to be if management contact us or if we got training and stuff like that, we supposed to have two monitors up at all times. Right? So um basically everybody used to try to get a desk or whatever that was like not facing management because half the time we wasn't doing nothing at the job we was just chilling 90 percent of the time so on that right monitor people would be watching youtube whatever like he was permitted to listen to music and podcasts but you couldn't have like videos playing because they said it was a distraction from what we was doing anyway um when we switched plants the office i was in um like the door, the front door was there so you can see if management walked in. Like management didn't have a desk in his office, but you can see like if management walked in. So my desk was literally right here. It was a dude with a desk right here and it was a dude with a desk right here. So it was like a U shape, right? So I'm just sitting here working one day. I'm thinking I'm on Twitch or whatever, watching one of the homies. And I just hear like mad, like suction noises in my ear, bro. And I'm hey, like, yo. yo. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what is going on? And crazy thing is, it's weird. It's even weirder than you think, bro. It's even weirder than you think. I remember think. you just, telling me about this. Oh <laughs> I'm just God. hearing mad suction noises. And I'm like, yo, bro, what is going on? I'm looking around. I start freaking out. I check my phone. I'm checking tabs. Like, I know I wasn't watching nothing crazy. Bro, I look over to my left and dude is on Twitch. Max volume, bro. Watching one of them, watching one of them streams with the girls with the with the little ear microphones, and she just over there going crazy on the little microphone. Just and bro is over there, it just locked in, bro. Max volume, both headphones on in the middle of the office, both headphones on, bro. And he just locked in like he watching, like he rewatching a wire, like it's the most captivating stuff he ever seen, bro. And he ain't had no shame. And, and this is, this is, do we work the same? No, we didn't work the same shift. So I used to come in at 11 p.m. And I think his shift was 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. And when I tell you from the moment I sat down until he got off, bro, he was just, he was watching this the whole time. It ain't like he peeked in, like, let me see what this about. No, dog was three hours locked in just watching this stream, bro. Both headphones in, max volume. Hey, you got to be a sicko to play, like, <laughs> that ASMR at max volume. <laughs> Yo, you're a sicko. You're, I, whatever happens to you at that point, 
I'm not even, you know what I mean? Like, like power to the people, but like, if your employer walk in, hey, big fella, go to the clock off of me real quick. Go on and put that hand on your shoulder. Hey, hey, big fella, just come with me to the office real quick. Oh, word, I'm finna get fired? You betcha. Can I collect that employer? <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance, buddy. I, I'm not gonna be mad at your employer. I ain't gonna lie. Chris, you wanna go next or you want me to go next, man? I'll go, bro. I'll go. So this is my last job that I worked at when I was taking like a little weird route to internship. I was working at this civil engineering internship company. I ain't gonna say no company. I ain't gonna say no name just for the integrity of this person. But so the job was basically like we was working the biggest project Detroit ever. We was fixing the water lines, the sewage lines, and we was fixing the manholes in the city in Brightmore, Rosedale Park. It was some some rough areas in the city. And Rosedale Park was the probably the best area we was working in. But y'all know some parts of Rosedale Park. This story bit. already off to a rough start because you doing stuff in Brightmore. You already off. You all thin ice, yeah. buddy. We're watching. Yeah, so, so my job was to follow the crew that did the manhole inspections, right? So basically, you drop a camera, a panoramic camera, like a $20,000 panoramic camera into the manhole, and it takes a picture. And what that picture does is you load it to this software and it identifies all the cracks in the manhole. And then they know that the, the construction team got to come fix those cracks in the manhole. So it was four guys on the team. Ain't going to say no names. One guy never talked, bro, ever. And you know, only take really one person to drop the camera down in the hole, take the picture. But they had other guys with them in case you had to block the street off. You had to direct traffic and stuff. So one guy, every time we stopped, I was following them in the F-150. They had the big old Sprinter truck. One guy never talked. But when we stopped and he ain't had nothing to do, he would always walk off to the side on his phone. We'd be like, bro, what be on your phone? And one day, we finally just asked him. We was all talking about it because he always walking around back and forth on his phone. So one day, we finally asked him, like, bro, what do you be doing on your phone? He was like, uh. He was, like, kind of weird, too. You know, them weird people, they be like, uh. I, 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 I don't really know why, why y'all want to know. So we like, all right, bro, you ain't got to tell us. So then one day I was playing a joke. Like I told you, I was following behind them in the F-450. So one day they stopped at the corner. <laughs> I came down another street, right? And I drove on the grass in Brightmore because, you know, it's nothing but open space in them lot. Drove on the grass in Brightmore, pulled up behind them and saw his phone. So then I'm like, bro, I know you're not doing what I think you're doing. So, so bro was like, no, don't tell nobody. I'm like, boy, I'm telling everybody, bro. So I drive back, I drive back to the sprinter, bro. So I tell them like, bro, y'all know what he doing over there? It was like, we assume watching porn because you acting like that. I'm saying, bro, worse. They're like, worse than porn? What's worse than porn? I'm like, bro, bro is watching feet videos, bro. <laughs> Like, 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 bro is really like, and then he really watching feet videos, and bro really like paying money for the feet videos he watching. Like, 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 bro was on some weird, bro, bro, weird. That look, facts over X, not man. facts over X, not king shaving, but on the clock, watching Listen, feet on the clock, because trust me. Because trust me, anybody who knows me knows that this is a rabbit hole that goes deep. And you know what I mean? Everybody do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. <laughs> do what brings you the greatest amount of pleasure without hurting other people. Bruh, you're all at work. You can't even stop. Like, 
Like, don't get me wrong. I understand construction is what, like 10 hours a day sometimes? It's like, yeah, yeah. We used to do about like seven, that, 10, seven to five, seven to five, something like that. Some seven, seven to, to five. You couldn't stop from, oh my God. Oh, you said 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's what you yeah, said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In my, in my mind, I thought seven to five hours. And I'm like, bro, you couldn't stop for five okay, <laughs> no. I get it. I understand that, like, construction, you work long hours and all that, but like, it wasn't nobody else's feet that you could like, you know what I mean? When I get off, like, oh, this shorty gonna be online or this. Like, like, I'm not shaming them for watching feet. I'm not shaming them for watching feet get. It's the fact that Doing bro would walk so far car. away, so far away, and you with a crew of fellas. Like, you know what I mean? You ain't gotta even walk that way. You be like, hey, y'all, I got a thing for feet, bro, and I'm just about to look at feet. You know what I mean? But bro was being so mysterious with it. Like, you would have thought he was at the government See, secrets in his phone, the way he was acting, bro. See, let me tell y'all something, man. I, I got to I gotta break out the water for this, too, because this, it's a, this is a Machiavellian. This, is a, this was effort put into this uh, workplace misconduct. <laughs> so give me just a second. All right, so I worked at a company, and I'm not going to name the company or what they do because it's obvious if I tell you what they do, who the company is. But I worked at a company, and um, I worked in HR for this company, and this company saw – this company basically had – it was tiered. It had levels just like any other company. You got, like, the the people at the lowest rung who do most of the manual labor – and then you got the managers who watch the people who do the manual labor. Then you got the people in the office, uh, which right. is where I was. And then in the office, you got like, you know, like the lowest ranking person in the office, next highest, highest out of them, highest out of them. So in this situation, we're talking about one of the manual laborers and one of the people above them. Now, this person, the, the manual laborer, every time that the manager transferred somewhere, the manual laborer came with him. So the, the manual laborer was a young lady and the the dude, uh, the manager was a man. The manager transferred to a few different stops and the young woman wanted to go everywhere that he went. And it was like kind of obvious that there was a pattern if you paid attention, but right. this was a pretty big operation. So nobody really paid attention. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, it don't really matter. He blew their cover one day because he came into my office saying, hey, man, um, there's this laborer who I really want her to to get over here. You know, I I know that she uh, doesn't have a car. She has transportation issues and she's moving And this place is much closer than the other place was. So that sent off red flags. And I'm not I'm not no snitch. I don't worry about other folks business and all that. Even in the workplace, as long as you do your job, be productive, ain't harassing nobody, ain't hurting, harming nobody. I don't say nothing. The problem is my boss was in there with me. (laughs) So I'm, I'm writing up the paperwork to like get the transfer approved and all that. My boss comes over, puts her hand on the paperwork and says, hold up, big fella. Something ain't right here. And in my mind, I knew someone right too, but I'm like, "Ah, (laughs) live and let live. This begins a a deep investigation, okay? So now we look into his record with the company and hers. We see the overlapping pattern of everywhere that he went, she followed. Now, here's where it gets interesting. 
we go onto their social media platforms and all that, or their social media pages to check right. and see like what's going on with them, yada, yada, yada. Both of them are married, not to each other. Oh. And then, and then we got enough to build a case, but we don't want to, like, even my boss who was like, she was like, uh, uh, Batman or something out there, world's greatest detective. She didn't want to <laughs> start the case. She didn't want to start the case until we had like guarantee. Oh, this is slam dunk type evidence, right? Because it could just be a coincidence. It was only three places they transferred anyway, so it could be a coincidence. And then one of the other laborers comes in our office and says, "I just saw this guy kissing this woman," and of course it was those two. <laughs> so now, so now all of this is coming to a head, and and everything is is getting to the nitty gritty here. And long story short, um, one party was let go of because of this, and the party who was let go of their partner came up to the job and was threatening to kill the other person's um, uh boy toy or, or whatever the case may be because their partner had been fired at this point because they were messing around with somebody else and also the young lady was pregnant so yeah it was it was it was a whole trapped in the closet moment it was a whole it was yes. like I, I would never know how you still do HR after some of the stories I didn't heard from you, bro. Like, I, <laughs> hey, I, I listen, will never know. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. It's it's like I'm like, uh, uh, who's the fat dude, the fat bald dude from uh, from uh, from Game of Thrones who like he knew everybody's secret but didn't tell. Oh yeah, that. the um ah, uh, what's what's ah? Uh, I know you're talking about, man. I'm 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 like him. I just be sitting there knowing people's <laughs> secrets and be like, wow, y'all wallet. Proceed though. That's between you and you. <laughs> Anywho, we we got a lot going on in our in, at our personal work lives. We got a lot going on in this show too, man. We got everything from the college football playoff to the NFL playoffs to the Colts wetting the bed to to the uh, Eagles finally being back in the playoffs to Clay being back on the basketball court. So we're gonna talk about a little bit of everything. Are y'all ready for this show? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All righty, well, before we get into it, we got to do these introductions, of course. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over at Axe Crew. We got the master, the mixer master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, man, with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC, that is me. So, fellas, first of all, we're going to congratulate the Georgia Bulldogs on winning their first national championship in over four decades. Nine times out of ten, if you are watching this show and you are not the mayor... Uh, congratulations. You were not born last time Georgia won the championship. So there's there's that. Oh, and and Mama, of course. We can't forget Mama. If you aren't Mama or the mayor, you were not born last time Georgia won a national championship. So uh, with that being said, is this win over Saban? A lot of people are saying, like, this might be the end of Saban's dominance in college football and and this was one of the greatest championships of all time. What does this championship mean for Georgia? And is this the end of an era? Um, 
so I will say that it is a big step for Georgia football. It is one of the greatest wins ever because regardless of the fact that they were 13-1, when you beat a Nick Saban-led team, it's still an upset. When you used to work for Nick Saban and you end up beating him, that's considered an upset. And also I think it's good for Georgia football going forward because people are seeing this win and seeing a program that they are starting and saying like, hey, I might want to be a part of that culture. So if they can repeat this, and the year is coming to bring some of these guys back in long term, that can be good for Georgia. But at the same time, it's kind of hard. I'm going, to, I'm going to say it's a definite no for Nick Saban's reign of terror, Nick Saban's dominance, only because it's football. college football is not a, a professional sport, right? So you can't really look at, you know, like, uh, a Miami losing in the finals and then, you know, D-Wade is looking a little old, Bosch is looking a little old, and you'd be like, oh, this is the end. Or you can see, uh, you know, the Lakers getting swept by Dallas and then you're like, oh, this might be the end of it because it's a team that was dominant these past few years and then you got to retool. College football is a lot easier to retool because you're constantly bringing in five-star recruits that's ready to play at the college, almost professional level, year after year. And you can't say somebody reign of terror over because at the end of the day, it's still Nick Saban. He still knows how to recruit. And he's coming off of a season to where he was 13-1 and one and was in a championship game. So it is it, in college football, you can't see a team go to the national championship, lose, and say the reign of terror is over because you can easily retool with more talented players next season. You still have arguably the greatest coach in college football history at the helm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, what you thinking, man? Bro, wh- why are, are people on Franklin State's product? Like, like, like <laughs> why, why are people on Franklin State's product? First off, how is making the championship game Back-to-back years, and you go one-and-one, one, meaning the end of your time, end of your year. Like, I could see a Saban went out there and lost four times. That's that's rare. you like, hold on, Saban. Maybe you ain't got the horses in the stable no more. Maybe the other programs is catching up. Bro lost one game the whole season and lost a, a competitive championship game. Like, it wasn't like it was a blowout. Yes, we figured – we talked crap last week. Like, why is Alabama not favorite? Vegas, Vegas knew something we didn't, obviously. They knew that Bama was going to lose their two top wide receivers at one point in that game. I guess they just knew. Vegas knows everything. But, however, you can't win every championship. There's no, no franchise, no dynasty that wins every championship except Bill Russell when he was with the Celtics. And even then, he got a finals loss. When they was playing eight teams in the league and the dudes was going to fix people TVs after the game. Like, even then, <laughs> even then, it was a finals loss. You can't win every championship. All right. You can't win a championship every single year. That's un- un- unrealistic expectations. You know, the thing that I find interesting here is I can see where the arguments are coming from because pre- previous, uh, previously, up until this season, Nick Saban had never lost to an assistant of his ever. This year, he lost to two in uh, in Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M and um, Kirby Smart at Georgia. However, this is the exception, not the rule. Until somebody can set a new rule, a new norm, I don't think people realize just how long and how good Bama has been during their reign of terror here. From 2012 up until this national championship, there have been 
10, right? Of those, Bama has won one, two. Give me just a second here. They've won one, two, three, and four. They won four. They were going for five. So basically, half of the championships that have been won in the last 10 years, if you bet Bama against the field, there's a 50% chance you were getting a great return on that investment. Even this year, people are talking about, oh, well, Bama's injuries don't really matter because at the end of the day, um, Bama is just retooling with five stars when a starter gets hurt. Sure. Great. You retool with five stars. There's a difference between a first rounder and a five star. Jamison Williams was probably going to be maybe first rounder, maybe second round pick. The D tackle that they got hurt and that got hurt during the game. In that same area, John Mechie, first rounder certified. This game, it took Georgia almost everything to beat these boys. It took them heart, soul, every little, everything they had. And you're telling me, oh, his reign of terror is over. Right. I, I keep trying to tell people this and they're not understanding. Nick Saban is not once in a generation. He's a once, period. You don't get another one. We're not going to see another this in 5 to 10 to 15 years. We're not going to see it. Because I said Nick Saban, Nick Saban won five championships of the last 10. Let's talk about how many he's been in. He's been in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Of the last 10 times that there's been a national champion crown. Bama was on the field to decide it. 70% of those. You're unwell if you think that this is coming to an end because of one game. I like you on said, Snowfall, sites. <laughs> Snowfall is coming back, so you can get off it. You can get off it. It's all right. You're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. And this, this uh, college football playoff championship was the second worst viewership-wise in the history of the college football playoff, it was uh, outside of the pandemic, outside of the one that was at the beginning of the pandemic, was the worst viewed college football playoff uh, or college football championship ever. What do we do or what does the NCAA do to raise the ratings? And again, the college football playoff has only existed uh, for the 10 years. So, of course, saying it's the worst rated college football playoff championship ever only goes back 10 years. What does college football do to fix this? Um, I don't think college football does anything. I don't think they necessarily need to change anything. I think their narrative needs to be slightly different. But I think just with everything going on in the real world and people being fatigued of just being in the house and watching sports, that plays a product. And I also think this is one of the few years in, in college football to where um, like uh, uh, Cinderella or like the golden boy of college football wasn't really a thing. As opposed to other years, it's that one guy that they just crown like he's the savior of college football. Maybe they need to go towards like marketing that more in the future, but I just feel like that naturally happens most seasons, and we didn't really get that this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bryce Young won a Heisman, and everybody is just like, I mean, Bryce Young had a good season, I guess. Yeah, like, like, like this ain't 
like seasons where some people won a Heisman, everybody was like, yo, that's our Heisman winner. I think 10 years from now, regardless if Bryce Young is a good pro or not, I think 10 years from now is going to be one of those questions like, who won the 2021 Heisman? We're going to be like, oh, Bryce Young did win because it just wasn't one of those years where like we knew who that guy was. I'll tell you what, it, it was clear from watching the gameplay, like Bryce Young is or did this year was a more athletic Mac Jones. And this is yeah. not to disrespect this is not to disrespect Bryce Young. This is not to say that he's not good. A quarterback's job is to get the ball out on time, is to make the plays within the system, find the guys that are open. Alabama's gonna have a lot of guys open. That's the deal with them. But with that being said, you can't compare that to a season like when Lamar won the Heisman. I can tell you, I was front and center to to view a few of those games. That was different. That was you knew watching that team. You thought to yourself, if they take Lamar off that team, they're not going to win more than three games, maybe, maybe. And what he did all that year, crazy. Crazy. So, Chris, what do you think? What does the NCAA do? Should they do anything? What do you think is going to happen here to get these ratings? Well, well, those are those are audience know I live near Boston, and it's a real sports town out here. Um, and, you know, I talked to a lot of people at work today, and um, they was like, yeah, I ain't watching that. I was like, why? Like, I talked to them yesterday and asked them why they wasn't going to watch the college football championship. It's like, because Bama wins it every year. So, back to the original topic, Gibbs. Nobody want to watch it because Bama always there every year. <laughs> they tired of seeing Bama. Mm. So they run into the same problem that uh, women's college basketball had when Gino Oriyama and them went on a hundred game kill streak. That's right. Really that nobody. Was, that was right, just no, god awful. Nobody want to watch it when the same team keep getting to the championship. You know, no nobody wants to watch that. Like I was like, I'm gonna watch it just because I got to. But, I mean, it's like, I really thought Bama was going to blow blow them out the water. You know what I mean? That's just expected again, from Bama nowadays. Again, I need everybody to understand. What we're seeing out of Alabama right now will never be seen again. I need y'all to understand that. When Bama leaves, there will not be a, a hierarchy that's, like, reestablished with every team being this good. Think about, think about it this way, right? Before Bama, who was the team that was this powerful? Who was the team that, like, you looked at it and you was like, every year they're going to be in the natty. Honestly, outside of like that three years of Spain in the mid-2000s with USC, we've never seen that. Even in that three-year span with USC, all of the things that followed that, the allegations, the Heisman revokes, the wins being revoked, <laughs> it like, you look right. at it and you're like, wow, like, okay, I, I can see that like there were some improprieties going on here. I don't know how Bama does it, and, like, there's nothing going wrong. They've been on top for a decade, and everybody's just had to live with it. Like, there's nothing yeah. you can even say. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, they've been beating the brakes off all of us. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Anywho, I I think that um, a lot of people are saying expanding the playoffs is the solution here. That is stupid for one reason. And I'm a proponent of expanding the playoffs. I believe they should be expanded. Not for the reason of getting more viewership, and let me tell you why. If you run the playoffs, more likely than not, it's just going to take Bama one more game to get to the championship. Yeah, It's just going to take Georgia in a year like this one more game to get to the championship. That's all it's going to take. That's all it's going to be. Uh, 
I'm a proponent of expanding it because guess what? If a group of five team has their one shining moment in one year where they just happen to a team out of the MAC, a team out of the American, a team out of the Mountain West, a team out of one of those conferences just has one year where they can figure it out and, and knock off a number one, go to a national championship, even if they lose, even if they get destroyed by a thousand. Just the fact that they had the opportunity and won one of the It'd be a narrative. Ah, that's narrative. exciting. Exactly. Exactly. And it's worth it. It's worth who wouldn't want to see um uh those U- UCF teams from a few years ago that gave themselves a national championship ring. Who wouldn't have loved to see those guys get beat up on or win in the playoff? They were talking right. all that yin yang and riff raff. Yeah, we undefeated two years in a row. We belong. Da 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 da. Okay, short time to show and prove, young man. You made yourself <laughs> very polarizing. People either gonna want to right. see you I, win one. I, one I agree guy, with you, Gibbs. You get because on. because the problem is people saying all oh, the same teams in there every year. The voters got favoritism, that this and that. So I think we should start letting people get a reality check. This is why the voters don't vote for your school. You go in there and yeah. get your head bust open. They are gonna be like, okay, yeah. We need to stop letting people just come into college football playoff because these are strong again, men going to the league. <laughs> and again, this is not just about the group of five because guess what? Notre Dame, every time they go in, get the wheels whooped off them. Oklahoma, they were competitive one time. Exactly one time. The one time that listen, Michigan State went, they didn't score. Michigan just went and got beat by 30. Like, it's the only the, team, only time a Big Ten team actually <laughs> went and did something recently is Ohio State. Ohio State, yep, that's it, that's it. They're the only ones to piss a drop in the playoff out the Big Ten. So, this is not about Group of Five, Big Big Ten, Power Five. None. This ain't about none of that. What this is about is I want everybody to get their moment in the sun. Okay, let's see if you Icarus that flew too close in the sun, or if you gonna live it up and have your moment in the sun. Who knows? I love to see it one way or the other. Either way, to me, more teams getting in can't be a bad thing, which is a lot like the approach that the NFL took. More teams getting in can't hurt nobody. Now, before we get into the playoffs, I got to talk about them Colts. I got to talk about them. <laughs> You're talking about I that boy Wentz? That boy Wentz who had Wentz season? <laughs> this, I, I don't understand. You All you were asked to do was beat a division rival who just fired their head coach, who has a rookie quarterback, who has an injured running back, who has all of these positions that were hurt. And they're the worst team in the league. They were so bad, regardless of outcome Sunday, they were going to be have the number one pick. That was already locked up. That was already locked up before anything happened. And you're telling me, that season on the line, Martians got the death beam pointed at Earth. <laughs> you want equal dollar. You lose to the Jaguars. Fellas, what happened? What happened in that game? Oh, bro, bro, I, not not again. Let me yeah, add insult injury before you go before you go, guy. They only had 75 yards in the first half. All right, go go ahead, guy. No, no go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I watched this game. Well, the first half of the game, it was like, I'm turning this off. I'm going to finish watching my Steelers game. Shout out Big Steelers. Big Ben did it one last time for us. We playing the Chiefs, so we'd be home early, but it's all good. Anyway, um, these Colts, you know, it's the reason why Philadelphia said, you know what? 
Carson went, did you really, were you really the reason why we went to this bowl? Were you really the reason? Nah, they didn't sign him back. They didn't hesitate yet. They made him a second string quarterback, and then they let him go. It's the reason why that. My my grandma used to tell me this about just because she used to be frowned upon me from talking to a woman and then going back to her and breaking up with her and going back. She used to say the quickest way to know why you shouldn't be back with somebody is when you leave them alone and they come back, you figure out exactly why you left them alone the first time. And, and and that's exactly what the Eagles found out quick when they when they brought Carson Wentz back from injury. It's like you know what we <laughs> was a lot more peaceful before you was our quarterback. What the time the, the moment you was down, it was a lot more peaceful, and our defense hold its own. So the Colts relied on Carson Wentz. I don't know why they didn't. JT would have had a hundred rushes if I was playing Madden against the Jags. He would have. He would have been like, Coach, I need oxygen. I can't run them. I don't care. Get the ball down the hole. Get the ball. They don't even have gifts. Two of their D linemen were out. I I know. I know. Again, the, the Jags had a plethora of injuries. This game should have been door, grand opening, grand closing. Goodbye. They should have won by 40. <laughs> they should have won by 40, bro. They were, the Jags was hurt so bad. Vegas – Gave the 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 Jags a plus sixteen and a half. That's basically saying we y'all gonna get twenty one. And you never see that in the NFL. You never. You see never see. You will see plus twelve at the max. You will see plus twelve at the max. But plus sixteen and a half. I, Let me tell I don't you know. Something. Let me tell you something. Can I can I can I learn y'all something real quick? Can I learn <laughs> Go you right ahead. My my grandmother's from my grandmother's from Prattville, Alabama. And whenever she had something very pertinent to say, that's what she would say. She come on, come on in here. Let me learn you something. The QBR, which is the or quarterback rating rather, which is the the um QBR is the number put together by ESPN to determine how well a quarterback performs in a given game. Okay. Yep. This takes into account everything they do. They're rushing, they're passing, turnovers, touchdowns, all of it. Whether or not your turnover was actually turnover worthy or whether it bounced off a receiver's hands, it was interception, intercepted, all of it, okay? The scale goes from 1 to 100, 50 being perfectly average, 100 being a perfect game, 100 being every play that you were out there, you did something positive to affect your team. You didn't have not a single thing that you did that was out of line, okay? What do y'all think Carson Wentz's score was on Sunday? Below 50. I give him a 70 at best. A 70 at best, below 50. Okay, all right. And this is on 1 to 100. Give me a a precise number that y'all imagined that. All right, I'm going to go 46. 46. I'm going to go I'm gonna give him sixty-eight. Four point four. Huh? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So I gotta, move, I gotta move the decimal point to the left. Move the decimal point, and you were still too high. You said forty-six or forty-eight. <laughs> Even if you move the decimal, you were still too high, bro. They literally said if he basically would have been on the field and spiked it every other play and had done a decent thing 
on just the first and third downs, he would have had a higher score. <laughs> oh, I'd like at this point, you know, a lot of people are talking about, oh, well, well, maybe the uh, maybe the coats didn't get fleeced as bad as we thought, and yada yada, or maybe the uh, the coats didn't get fleeced, and maybe they won if they're in the playoffs and the Eagles make the playoffs. I don't think y'all understand. They gave up a first and a third for Carson. The Eagles are in the playoffs. They are not. And the Eagles relieved themselves of $100 million in, in salary by dumping yep. and, and, and the sad part is the Colts really hurt the Cardinals. Like, they, they took that game from the Cardinals. So everybody thought that the Colts was for real. You know, like, they, they really the, – the Cardinals were supposed to win their division. And low-key, the Cardinals was – Supposed to, they low key should have been tied any, with Green Bay, and Green Bay would have had to win any, against the Lions. Any win, any win that comes against Cliff Kingsbury don't really hold that much weight to me. <laughs> I, I, agree. I, I agree. Man. I agree. Even with even with a roster, even with a roster that's one of the best. Honestly, this is one of the best rosters, not on paper. I mean, that going out there performing before DeAndre Hopkins got hurt. This is one of the best rosters the league has ever seen. Top to bottom, like man for man, pound for pound. Yeah, you they really, really only have like, two look. weak spots. They got one safety that's average, and then they got one D lineman that's average. But but that, that that's really what I'm stacked. saying. Top to bottom, this team is really really good at a lot of different positions. At all of your premium positions, edge rusher, premium position, they got two of the best in the league. Quarterback, premium position, they got some of the best in the league. Wide receiver, premium position, they got one of the best in the league. I mean, even auxiliary pieces. Who has two linebackers that both run four four or better? Four, I'm sorry, four five or better. Both of them got endless versatility in Isaiah Simmons and Xavier Collins. They have playmakers everywhere. You got a safety that can do it all in Buda Baker. And what did you get out of this cliff? Honestly, they what? defense might be better than that Seahawks team defense with the boom, the uh what, what they call them? The Legion, Legion of, of Boom. boom. Legion of they might have a better defense and, than that. But but what did they get out of but what did they get out of it is my question. Mm. Nothing. Mm, what a time to be alive. What a time. I, again, I was nervous for a minute because I thought to myself, bro, am I gonna have to like admit that Cliff Kingsbury might not be a loser? And Cliff said, Don't worry, Ken. I got Help you. is on the way. <laughs> I got you, bro. I'm an avid listener of Facts Over Acts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prove you right, big dog. But anywho, that this coach team wet in the bed has got to be one of the funniest games of all time. Because yeah. again, this is not just like a, a 4 and 11 bad team that, like, oh, they exceeded some expectations, but they're still bad. Like, they aren't that, right? Like, like, like if they would have did this against the Vikings. I would have understood it. You know, they, nobody the would have been mad. Yeah. Yeah. Any other team. But the 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 Jaguars. That come on, dog. Come on. Come on, man. That's you know, I just it's it's hilarious to me. Anywho, with that being said, let's go over these uh playoff matchups that we got set on the AFC side. The Titans, the Tennessee Titans, minus Derrick Henry are the number one seed. They've got a bye week. Uh, on the NFC side, the Packers are the number one seed. They've got a bye week. Now, the matchups are as follows. The Steelers are at the Chiefs, as Chris alluded to earlier. So, um, yeah, it's going to be 
Gonna be Big an interesting time game. up there in Arrowhead. Yeah, Big, Ben's <laughs> Big Ben's last game, as Chris says. I mean, hey, who knows? Any given Sunday, as, hey, as the, I will uh, say this, as the coach it, just showed us, I will say that if TJ Watt can get to Mahomes like they did in the Super Bowl, it, it ain't gonna be a pretty day for them Chiefs. I will say that if TJ Watt can do his job, it's not a pretty day for them Chiefs. It's not. The Patriots are at the Bills. And the Raiders are at the Bengals. Fellas, what are your predictions for these first round AFC games? First round AFC games, uh, I got the Chiefs beating the, I'm trying to use a professional sports term. I got the Chiefs beating the Steelers by insurmountable uh, amount of points. <laughs> you don't have to bro do that, bro. Insurmountable. You don't have, have to do that, bro. Bro, so no, like trap, trap house sports, they're going to get horn swoggled. No, I, I, I honestly think uh, honestly think with the way that both of those teams play is going to come down to being a shootout, and I just can't see Big Ben in year was it year seventeen for Ben? Yeah, sixteen, something uh, like that. Um, I just got to be somewhere up there. I can't see Big Ben outmatching uh, uh, Mahomes at this point in his career. Um, this is going to be a tough matchup, and. The Bills haven't proved me that they have any answer for this. The Patriots just beat the Bills not too a, a few weeks ago. I think the Patriots are going to instill the same game plan. I got the Patriots moving forward ahead of the they Bills. They just lost to the Bills though, uh, too. They lost to the Bills too, so they won and won in the in the division. But the most recent game, the Patriots won, right? No, the Bills won. The the game before okay. that, the Patriots won. They only okay. threw the ball three times. The Bills came out with a whole other attitude. Okay, got you. In that case, that's going to be a tough game. But I still got the Patriots edging it out. And then uh, Raiders and Bengals, I think the Raiders are a little um, fatigued from that game they just played. They basically gave all of their heart in order to make the playoffs, and the Bengals are kind of firing right now. I got the Bengals going over the Raiders. Okay, Chris, what you got, man? So, I'm going to go from bottom up since you got you talked about my Steelers in a disrespectful way. So, <laughs> I'm going to go from bottom up. And I, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm do something different this time, y'all. I'm going to do something different this time. So, currently constructed. The Raiders are plus five and a half underdogs to the Bengals. Let me let, let me let me let me let me let me take 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 the audience right now. The Bengals are a team that lucked into winning a division. Like if Lamar Jackson wasn't hurt, if Ben Roethlisberger was even a shell of himself in his good days, the Bengals wouldn't even be sniffing the playoffs right now. That's how bad that the division was banged up this year. One of the toughest divisions of all time is that Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns division. And they were banged up. The Bengals lucked up and won. I don't believe in the Bengals. The Bengals have blown leads against the Jets, which is another team that is on the par with the Jaguars. Like, if you lose to the Jaguars, come on, bro. I'm taking the Raiders. The Raiders are one of the hottest teams. They scary good defense. They um, Derek Carr is locked in more than he ever have. I know that's not your favorite player, Gibbs, Derek Carr, but I think he's more reliable than Joe Burrow in this situation. And they have an old running back in Latavius Murray, but I think he, he'll shake things up for them on the ground. So I would take the Raiders spread. I'll take the Raiders plus five and a half, but I think the Raiders end up winning by a field goal or, or two, two points, something like that. Patriots and the Bills. If they were playing in, in, in Foxborough in the Gillette, I would go Patriots all day. But Buffalo, up there in Buffalo, New York, Buffalo fans is nuts, by the way. Like, it's going to be like <laughs> two degrees this weekend in that game. 
And they gonna be out there with they with just paint on their body, no clothes, like just fabulous people. the Buffalo fans, they're crazy, but they're really good people. They really are. Yeah, they're just an amazing yeah. group. So, so I really don't see the Patriots coming in there, especially if they embarrassed them, only throwing the ball three times, and the Bills came back and said, "No, nah, that ain't happening again." And they stopped that run game last time they played them. I like the the Bills. They Vegas got a minus four. I like a minus six. Honestly, I think they win by a touchdown. Mm. So you know, then you after got, the uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna just say the last thing, but go ahead. I mean, after what happened with Micah Hyde and um, and the uh, and Poyer in the uh, press conference after that first game where they were asked, "Is it embarrassing?" Uh, to to lose a game in this fashion with like you said a quarterback only throwing three passes, they they seem to have a new fire lit under their tail. I mean, ever since that game, they have been playing like men possessed, and it's it's worked out well for them. I mean, they right. they've done a much better job of stopping the run and did so um, against the Patriots since that first loss to the Patriots. I want to say they only they were four and one, so they lost to the Buccaneers the week after that, and they have not lost again. And all of right. those wins so, came by double digits. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I think the Bills is legit. And I think this is a year that it, it could be a sneaker team in that AFC championship game. So, uh, but the last game, the Steelers and the Chiefs. Vegas got the Steelers. And I don't even want to say this loud. Vegas got the Steelers plus 12 and a half right now as underdog. That is such a high spread for a playoff game. They're giving oh, them 13 game, points. Man. 13. And I don't think people realize in football, most games aren't even decided by a touchdown. Like, even against bad teams in football, most games aren't even decided by a touchdown. That's very disrespectful. If I was a betting man, I would take the spread because I don't think the Steelers on Big Ben's last game going to go out that sad. But, however, the Chiefs going to beat the Steelers. They're going to beat the brakes off of them. But it's going to be more interesting than people think, especially if T.J. Watt can get in that backfield. If T.J. Watt can do T.J. Watt things, Mahomes gonna have a long day. You don't get twenty two and a half sacks in a season, and and you're not a problem. And he missed a lot of games. If he didn't miss them games, he might be at about thirty thirty five sacks. You know, uh, there were six, seven, there were seven games uh, in week eighteen that were won by double digits of those seven games the vast majority were because either teams were resting players or teams had injuries to their quarterbacks and to see everything play out the way it has mm, quite interesting quite interesting i mean so to say a playoff game is gonna have that type of spread mm, we gonna see we gonna see uh my prediction for these playoff games are as follows the Chiefs, I think that that 13-point spread is big. It might not be big enough. I'm sorry. I I don't think that the Steelers <laughs> I don't think that the Steelers got the horses in the stable to keep this game close. And I only say this because the Steelers are very successful with the short passing game and with Najee Harris running the ball. The thing that the Chiefs have done well coming down the stretch is suffocate teams underneath is take away teams running game if you want to beat the chiefs you got to hit some bombs over 
And it's possible. It's there. Anytime you see Sorensen deep in coverage, congratulations. Somebody need to be licking their fingers. Oh, Sorensen did? Mm, This is the sweetest, sweetest sauce I've ever had. But with that being said, Big Ben's arm is like a wet noodle at this point, and I'm not sure he can push the ball downfield in a meaningful way to take advantage of that. So uh, I got the Chiefs just whooping the wheels off the Steelers. Bills, Pats, ooh, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. Man, I everything in me wants to go with the Bills close. Everything in me wants to go with the Bills. And something is still pulling me to the Pats. But Bill the Bills are hot. The, the, Bill, the Bills are hot. The Bills are hot. And I just think that their roster is that much better than the Patriots. I think they'll be able to pull it out. I think they'll be able to win a close one in mm-hmm. Buffalo. I think they'll be all right to win that close one. Raiders at Bengals. This is a game in which, I mean, the Bengals have had everything go right for them all year. They have had very limited injuries. They have had, for the most part, a healthier team than everybody in their division by a mile. They've had uh, less turmoil. Less. They're predicted to finish last by everybody in their mama, and here they are. AFC North champs. I think that continues for them against the Raiders team that, I mean, this Raiders team, when you think about all that they've been through this year, fired their coach, their star wide receiver kills somebody, and they're still in this position. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what that called me. That's a part of the season I completely forgot. That's, that's crazy. It's crazy to think yeah. that they're still in this position. But with that being said, there's only so far that valiant efforts and like wanting to do it and, and being cohesive as a unit, there's only so far that can take you. And right. I, I think that this is the end of the line for them. They're just there's gonna be too much Jamar Chase, too much mixing, too much Higgins. I I don't think that they have anything for it. And I think that uh You trust Joe that the, the Bengals You know, it's not that I think Joe Burrow is just the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think he has amazing weapons around him. And, again, I just think that the Raiders, they fought and clawed and scrapped to get here. Last week was super tough on them. Like, I, you can only imagine how tough it was for them going into an overtime like that and, and uh, everything that happened there. With that being said, with that being said, I think that uh, I think that Joe Burrow and them had a little bit easier of a time, and I don't even think that he played against the Browns. Did he? I think I think that they the Bengals rested him uh, no, he, against no, the Browns. No, he, he didn't play. He didn't play. Okay, yeah. So the the Bengals rested him against the Browns and all that, and so I just think that that's a team that without having an actual bye week, they're more or less coming off a of bye week and. They're going to be too geeked up and juiced up. Uh, they're going to go ahead and, and take care of business there. So now yeah, really, moving uh, on to the NFC. Sorry, really quickly for the facts over X, non-believers. Um, for some reason, we, we still have those, and people don't like to make free money. Do you remember who uh, I told you who was going to be rookie of the year when the, when the season started? You said it was going to be Chase, didn't you? I did. Mm. Mm. Well, trying to get trying to get y'all free that's, that we try, we try, but y'all don't want to listen. Y'all want to. I didn't talk to the NBA MVP every year, so they don't want. Yeah, to you did. Money, 
they don't put the money on it. That's on them. Facts. And so on the NFC side, we got the Eagles at the Bucks. We got the 49ers at the Cowboys. We got the Cardinals at the Rams. Fellas, what do y'all think is going to happen in these three games? Um, so I'll go from the from the uh, top work our way down again. Um, the Eagles, although I think the Eagles are a nice, uh, you know, scrappy fighting team, I think that the the Buccaneers get that done. Uh, I don't think Brady and and company loses to loses to the Eagles at this point. San Francisco and Dallas is going to be a really good game, and I know it's kind of like a cardinal sin as somebody that's doing a sports podcast as a football fan to say that like Dallas is going to win a, a playoff game. But I think they're just firing, firing on all cylinders at this point in the season. And the although the 49ers had a good year, they're kind of just like, they're one of those teams that just kind of like squeak by into the playoffs. I actually got Dallas winning this by a pretty large margin. I think I actually think it's going to be the largest margin of victory out of any of these games that we see in the first round of the playoffs. Hmm. Okay. And then uh, all right. I think Cardinals-Rams, along with Raiders-Bengals, are, uh, it's a lot of good games in this first round. I honestly think that, the game of the week is going to be between Pats, Bills, uh, Raiders, Bengals, and Cars, Rams. Cars, Rams is going to be really good, but I think um, it's it's not quite time to slander Cliff Kingsbury and the, and the Cardinals pull out this win, even though it's going to be a tough game. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway, y'all know me. I got to do the deep dive. Um, Rams, Cardinals. I hate to be that guy. I hate to be that guy. Be that guy. Be that guy. Let me let me just explain y'all a scenario. The Chiefs played their players against the the last game of the season because if the Bucks, Cardinals, and Rams all lost, the Chiefs would have got the number one seed. Okay. So, however. Guess who still lost that game? The Rams and the Cardinals. The Bucks won. Okay. Rams lost to a 49ers team that's scrappy, you know. Play play good football. A 49ers team. Stafford threw an interception in a crucial moment. Stafford does Stafford things sometimes. Um, but the Cardinals, a Seahawks team that has been struggling all season. All season long. Cliff Kingsbury is 0-5 in games to clinch a playoff seat. Playoff seat in the playoffs. 0-5. He only got a win this year because the Cardinals had a gimme game. He lost to the Lions when all he had to do was win <laughs> to get oh, into the playoffs. Lose to Lions. He, he got the wheels whooped off him. He lost by the greatest margin that a team with 10 wins or more lost to a team that was seven games or more under 500 has ever happened. Like, dude, like let's put that person. The Lions, the team that's trying to lose to get that number one pick or two pick, he lost to to clinch the playoffs. So I'm going Rams all day. I trust Odell Stafford and Cooper Cup has just been amazing. I know Hopkins would be back. And who is better than A.J. Green being the second wide receiver too? But Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, the Rams got their running back back. The Aaron Donald is a playoff uh, showtime player. 
All that against Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury going to wear his khaki pants, and he going to take his khaki pants off when he get home and be done for the season. <laughs> anyway, 49ers and Cowboys. I've been talking crap about them all year. Every time you say something about them Cowboys, something bad <laughs> happened about them Cowboys, you know? Yep. And, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that until Jerry Jones either passes away or steps down, them Cowboys ain't winning nothing. I'm sorry. And this 49ers team looks bad because they had a lot of injuries. This Cowboys team is banged up pretty bad, too. Michael Parsons missed last game. Jay Diggs missed last game. They had a couple players on uh, COVID yeah. injury. I don't think they got enough to really move the needle that much against this 49ers team when they're getting all their players back. Jimmy Garoppolo's back. Even though Jimmy Garoppolo has his ups and down moment, I really don't see the Cowboys being that dominant. I personally would do an alt spread and put the 49ers plus six. Vegas got them plus three. I will go with the Cowboys to win this game off a field goal, maybe. But it's going to be a closer game than people think. Eagles in the books. I really think the Eagles are very overrated. Like, very, like, severely overrated. Jalen Hurts is banged up. Their secondary is banged up. Slay, Avante Maddox, shout out him. Detroit native, banged up. I really don't see the Eagles even. It'll be good first half, but second half, Brady Tom, I really don't see the, the Eagles even coming close. I think that's going to be the biggest blowout out of first round. So can I say something real quick? Because this needs to be said. You already here. We slandered the NFC East a lot. We slandered the NFC East a lot. My, have you, my how you have grown. My, how they've gotten their act together. Everybody except the Giants, of course, running QB sneaks on 39. But my, how everyone else <laughs> in the NFC East has grown, right? Like the Cowboys finally putting it together, looking like the, the team that everybody said they would be contender, contender, contender every year. They've done that. The Eagles, they they found a way. They When they, when they got rid of Wentz, when people said Jalen Hurst is going to be the starter, everybody said, oh, they're dead in the water. We'll expect them to be terrible. They, they weren't. The Washington football team were in a lot more games than many people would have thought this year. So, with that being said, this my how you've grown. And with going forward from there, let me t- talk about these playoff games. Eagles at Bucks. Eagles, your season is coming to an end. It's all right. Y'all had a good season. Y'all fought the good fight. Y'all are in good position. Y'all are in great cap position. Y'all got a lot of good picks coming up. Y'all can build out a team with a quarterback that's still on a rookie contract. Ideal situation. Good for y'all. You're not going to advance past these bucks. 49ers, Cowboys. If we shout out Detroit natives, we got to shout out a Cash Tech graduate. My man's JD, one of the best nickelbacks in the game. Yeah. I, I think this game will come down to one very simple thing. The 49ers can only do so much with Debo Samuels. <laughs> Debo Samuels is a really good player. He ain't the quarterback. Yep. You can hand right. it to him out the backfield. You can split him out wide and get it. To... Mm. It's only you know so what, much Gibbs? you can do with They're using Debo like like the year the Chiefs used Tyree Keel when they won it all. Like that's like Patrick Mahomes did his thing, but they really using Debo like the year that Tyreek was like you, really getting But the you ball know what, though? 
But you know what, though? Let me say this. People for the longest said, oh, all these kids in Madden who, like, put running backs or, or, or who put receivers at running back and all that, that's stupid and that's not something you could do in the NFL. Hmm. Is that right? Look at what's going on around the league. Amon Ross St. Brown ran for a touchdown not too long ago. Uh, it's becoming more and more common to see receivers getting the ball handed to them at high volumes because, duh, even little kids know you get your playmakers the ball. With that being said, Debo Samuels ain't that much of a playmaker to make up on the deficit of talent. Like, that's just – I'd be surprised if San Francisco were able to keep this game close. Um, from there, Cardinals at Rams. This game is going to be a sell fest. Whatever the under over is, take the under. Take it. Slam the under. Whatever Man, you can I, get I can on tell that you what under. the under is right now. The under is 49 and a half points. Take it. Take it. You got on one side Matt Stafford, who has proven in big moments he may not show up. He may. He may. Because when we went to the playoffs and played the Saints, he showed up. Our defense just didn't. So he may show up. He also may not. That game against the Cowboys, yes, we got absolutely fleeced with not getting the pass interference. But with that being said, there were other opportunities we had to put that game away. We did not do so. So you don't know whether or not he's gonna show up. And Cliff Kingsbury, again, he is a, a he gotta be a listener of this pod and he gotta be thanking us. If you want to thank us monetarily for taking put pressure off of you and informing <laughs> fans. And informing fans. No, because we gotta be honest for a second. And we gotta talk to Cliff. Cliff, I know that a lot of people got a lot of high hopes for you and they think, oh, he's the next Sean McVay or he'll he'll win a lot. And and we do the legwork for you and manage the expectations. So you don't got to go out there and look crazy and have nobody looking at you like, oh, we expect them to win. Facts over acts, nicks that in the bud right away for you, okay? <laughs> we know that winning streak earlier this year, that was a lot of pressure. That was a lot of pressure, Cliff. We took it off you. We told everybody what was going to happen down the stretch. And what happened? You pissed down your leg. So uh, this is going to be a sale fest. We don't know who who going to – I don't know who going to win it or lose it. But if I got to make a prediction, the Rams find a way. I think the Rams find a way in a close game uh, to take care of the Rams. I mean, to take care of the Cardinals and to advance to the next round. Anywho, Clay Thompson is back. Quick reactions to Clay Thompson's return, fellas. Um, I think Clay gonna get back into game shape soon. I know the Warriors they had a game where it was they were really dominant in the game, so they was letting them shoot whatever he wanted to. I think the thing I was just most impressed by, and the thing that I'm scared for the rest of the league for, Clay doesn't seem like he lost any any of his mobility, which I think is a scary thing. Mm. So of course the shooting is gonna be there, but the how how well he was cutting and how well he was able to stay in the, in front of people laterally on defense is what Clay caught a body. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, my you know, quick reaction to Clay, I'm happy for Clay, and I'm I'm happy he had a day dedicated to him, Clay Day. Shout out to the Warriors for setting that up for him. Shout out for letting Draymond start, which I don't know what difference it made. You got all season to play with. Him. I guess it's an important moment. I don't know. Uh, I think that anyway. But shout out to Clay. Um, hope he does good this season. We missing Clay. I just I, I'm not sold 100 percent on the Warriors. That's just on me. You know, I'll tell you this. Clay came back, and uh, he he did some good things with his return, which, 
of course, we all expect it here. Like, I don't think any of us were surprised to see uh, Clay Thompson doing good things. They bought him back the right way. They took him through uh, playing in the G League for a bit before they fully uh, got him out there and, and doing everything he needs to do. Seven of 18, 17 points. The man is only going to get better from here. I think that while the adrenaline boost was great and all that, I think he's only going to get better from here. The only concern I have is two straight season enders. It is tough to then say, coming back off of that, I have no concerns about a 31-year-old's health. Right. Like, that's the reality. So, who knows? I, I hope that he stays healthy. I hope that he plays good ball for the rest of the season. Facts over access rooting for you, Clay. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to get on out of here. But come on back. I know y'all are tired of us. I know y'all are tired of us talking about people uh, watching ASMR on the job, watching feet pics on the job, and, and Cliff Kingsbury being a loser on the job. But come on back next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,